Here. Here, we have a quorum. Clearly. So, uh, we will have separation on four, five, ten, excuse me, on eleven. Let me explain on ten. We have not received the grant. The ten is there in case we do receive the grant. So. And you said 12, too, correct? And 12. Yeah. And we have registrants on 4 and 9. Mike, anything else? I have nothing, no further separations. Okay, so we'll separate you. out 4, 5, uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Take a motion at this time to adopt the recommendations on 1, 2, 3, 6, 7, 8. Move to adopt those. Is there a second? Second. Motion is second. Uh, that's actually the suspension to take them up. On suspension, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. And now the motion to adopt. So moved. There's second. second. There is to adopt one, two, three, uh, six, seven, and eight. Uh, discussion, seeing none. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you very much. We'll turn immediately to four. We have a registration from Brenda Conkle. On four. So I'm registering against item number four, and I have several reasons for doing so. And part of it is because of my recent experiences going through both the Emerging Opportunities uh, Program funding process and the ETH funding process, which is on your agenda later. And during those processes, we got, um, you know, $150,000 for the Emerging Opportunities Program, but there was $750,000 worth of requests. And for ETH, there was twice, as amount, uh, twice that amount of requests. And I sat there and watched the, the committees painfully go through a process where they decided $2,500 goes here, $2,500 goes there. And it wasn't enough to fill the needs of what we have in our community. And looking at that process and, and what we had to go through as nonprofits to be funded for programs that serve those most in need in our community, and then looking at this as an, an item on your agenda, it's super frustrating. Um, I understand the $52,000 was originally in the budget, and if you want to move it to a different department, that part doesn't bother me. What bothers me is why would you take $5,000 from placemaking, which could probably be a lot better used in a neighborhood's hands um, than giving it to, uh, you know, a, a group that can easily raise $5,000. And why would you be taking $7,000 out of the contingent reserve at a time when you don't let nonprofits come forward and ask for money when they have emerging needs, but yet a, a downtown business association can get $7,000 out of the contingent reserve. And personally, like what, what comes to my mind, and I'm not here advocating for funding for us, but the Tenant Resource Center wasn't allowed to ask for funding when the state legislature changed the laws again because we didn't go through the correct process. But why can a business association just come in here outside of any process 
entirely and just come and get contingent reserve funds. I mean, if, if, if they can do that, why can't a nonprofit say, we have this huge emerging need. The, the city has changed. 50% of the people who live here are tenants, and we're not going to fund more tenant services until we go through a process. And the last time we went through a process was 2012, and we can't tell you when we're going to go through a process again, but you can't get any funding, but a, but a business association can. And it's, it's those types of disparities in inequities that sometimes just drive me completely crazy that I came down here to talk to you guys about it. Um, the other thing here is that where's the equity analysis? I mean, this is, and everybody knows it, is to make sure that there's programming to chase away people who are doing undesirable things. Many of them happen to be homeless. Not all of them are. But where, where is, why are we spending money to do that? Wouldn't the $69,000 be better spent on a case manager to go down and talk to people and figure out what they need? Um, and so, I don't know, it's just, it's an issue of budget priorities, and it bothered me enough to come down here and talk to you guys about it. So. Questions of the registrant? Seeing none, thank you very much. I should say, number nine, I just registered available to answer questions, so there was no need to pull it off the agenda if I'm the only one. Thank you, you are. Okay, so that takes, you had your testimony on nine? Okay, so on that case, so we can get through this as fast as possible, I want to change the order if you don't mind. Um, is there any objection to taking up item 9 at this time to adopt it? Seeing no objection, Alderman Revere, we have a motion to adopt 9. So moved. Second. There's a second. Discussion on 9. Seeing none on the question of adopting 9. Uh, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Um, Can I just say quickly on that item that I appreciate Jim O'Keefe sending us the... Uh, Information from the Homeless Services Consortium in advance prior to uh, the BOE meeting, which we didn't have a year ago. Thank you. So thank you, Jim, for that. Okay. At this time, the critical item that we have to take up uh, is item 11. So is there any objection to taking up item 11 now? So even if we don't finish the agenda, uh, we won't have to have a special meeting. Okay. Seeing no objection, Alderman Greer, can I have a motion on 11? Move adoption. Second. There is a second. There is. Motion and a second on 11. Discussion. Would you like a presentation? We would. We have a little presentation on what's going on here. Uh, okay, item number 11. Um, I'm here today because the resolution that was presented last week at the Common Council um, was referred to TPC. And when this letter of intent was negotiated, um, I was informed by Metro that since this money was coming from their contingency fund, it would not have to go through TPC. Um, and with respect to the timing on that, the letter of intent, the developer um, had requested to hold the space until May 6th. Given there's a tight market and he had several prospects looking at the space, um, he wanted to put that in the letter. So I'm here today asking, um, it's kind of a process thing, and I talked to Alder Zellers about this who had made the referral. She thought it was more of a, had no problem with the resolution itself. It was more um, a process thing. She thought anything involving Metro had to go in front of TPC. So um, 
I'm here today asking if the BOE could ideally rule on this resolution today and deem that it's not necessary to go to TPC. That would be my ideal situation. Or B, we can work on flipping it such that if we can rule on it today, um, we go to TPC, which is on the 11th, not the 17th, and then come back to council on the 17th for final decision. That will work as well. I did get an um, extension in the interim from the landlord to hold the space to the 20th. Um, but as you all know, a letter of intent is non-binding, and six days after he executed the first letter of intent, um, he sent me an email talking about another <coughs> prospect that he, you know, that he had um, came in to look at the space and how secure the deal was. So um, that's why I'm here today, just to see if we can. Let me let me ask a couple of questions. Okay. How long is the lease for? Five years. A five-year lease. And Metro's determined that this is a good location relative to where our main facility is. It's only four minutes, according to Google, to get there to our facility. And that was one of the parameters. That, you know, they wanted to be close to the bus barn given 80% of building and grounds work is done on the bus barn. The remaining 20 is on servicing you know, the bus stop locations and so forth. So they needed to be very proximate to the bus farm. And this is the only location. All right. And real estate's evaluated it and determined that the terms of the lease are reasonable. Very reasonable. And my last question, I think, is sort of like a review of your introduction. If it wasn't for the fact that Alderman Zellers thought that this should have gone to TPC, it wouldn't be before us. Um, Could have been acted on by the council at the last meeting. Well, no, no we, I had BOE on there. BOE was on oh, the resolution. Okay. I knew I had to come okay. here. It just, I'll, I'll just explain further. The okay. only controversy was that um, we're the lead, and so we'd have to wait for TPC to act, and you know they don't meet for a while. I see. And, so, and okay. then we have the out of order so issue it's just too. Being, it's just it would have been here otherwise tonight. So Chris is just asking that we keep it on tonight's agenda. And, and it be on tonight's agenda, which it obviously is. Right. That would be ideal. But nonetheless, I mean, we can always do May 3rd, which is then the, the next BOE, if you decide it needs to go to TPC. But it'll be out of order there as well. So. May 3rd is the council meeting. Pardon? May 3rd is the council meeting. Oh, excuse me. The BOE, following yeah. week is BOE. I'm right, sorry. Right. Yeah. Funny. Too many dates in my head. Thank you. So I, I don't think there's any controversy. It's taking care of this tonight, so don't worry about that. The one question I had for you, Chris, is is this the same um, property that we currently lease space for the library? The library was in here previously. So yes. it is the same. That's it is. That looked familiar. They're doing some um, several improvements to it for Metro um, to meet its needs. Another, they're putting in a whole drive-in door. Um, and another um, door to access a back area and subdividing off the dock high docks just so Metro can use them. Thank you. And a couple of questions for you, Wayne, if I might. The, 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 the main gist of, of my curiosity is um, 
in the first paragraph, kind of the preamble of the body of the resolution. You know, most of this resolution, of course, is a straightforward real estate resolution that Chris drafted. But in terms of how this affects Metro, that's my curiosity, is, is how positive this will be for your operations, given your uh, untenable situation at, at the bus barn on East Washington Avenue in terms of being overcrowded. So it says in the resolution that it will open up space for an additional six to seven buses, as well as uh, to conduct maintenance, additional maintenance on more room for the maintenance uh, functions for the buses there. Could you just elaborate on that? Uh, you know, are we going to how, how much will this actually help your operations and alleviate the overcrowding that you face? Um, well, I'll, it, along that one wall of the uh, bus barn, it's it's currently filled with. Um, all this equipment that buildings and grounds utilizes. Um, and if moving all of that to a different location will free up that space, it's not an ideal place to park buses, but it is another place to park buses, and um, better than some of the other spots that we're currently putting them in that bus barn. It's not going to eliminate the overcrowding issue. It's just going to make it somewhat less a safety issue. Um, I, I haven't. I wasn't aware of the maintenance part of the discussion. I didn't know that they were going to be able to utilize more space for maintenance. But. Yes, Jim Fink was the person who gave me that detail. Oh. Okay. So, with regards to number of spaces that it would loosen up in the building, and some maintenance. Okay. Right. Source of that information. Thank you. My last question, Wayne, is why don't we think of this earlier? <laughs> if it if it actually will help, you know, with, I, give you all more space, and it's been such an issue for so many years. I think uh, I think it was something that came up very recently. That, I mean, people have always realized that you know buildings and grounds utilizes a lot of space. I think there was an older person taking a tour, and they made a comment about a lawnmower being up in a rafter someplace. And that just got people thinking, well, we have all this equipment that takes up a lot of space. If we could free it up, that would really help once again with overcrowding. So I don't know if it's never been thought about. Maybe it probably has. It just never rose to the occasion of saying, yeah, why don't we do this? Very good. Thank you all. Thank you. Alderman Thank you. Thanks. I just have one kind of question to piggyback off of Alder Revere's questions about the need. Um, and the mayor kind of mentioned this being a, in some way, short-term solution, knowing that we're in a much larger conversation about space needs for Metro. So I wondered if you could just speak a little bit more to how, <clears throat> when this fits into that wider conversation about is this is this truly just a short-term um, solution because it doesn't sound like I'm asking a lot of questions and one I apologize it doesn't sound like you're saying we'll put any additional buses we will just free up space for the current fleet yes. um, so could you just speak a little bit more to how this fits into the broader conversation we're having around metro space and facilities once we are able to move to a uh, to to um, move a large proportion of our fleet to another satellite facility, Nakusa Trail. <coughs> that would um, free up space in our current bus barn to both have just the number of buses that was originally anticipated in the bus barn design so that we could 
get rid of the uh, lease in the Middleton facility where we're storing 12 buses currently. Plus, we would no longer need this lease as well. Um, the Nakusa Trail facility would not be where they would house the buildings and grounds equipment. They would be moving buses over there, freeing up once again the space to be able to put the buildings and grounds equipment at 1101 East Washington Avenue. So um, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Thank you. Thank you. Further discussion or questions? Seeing none, we've got a motion which is to adopt. Further discussion? I just I, I have no problem with this moving through BOE this evening so you can keep moving on timeline for real estate. I guess I would just ask that um, TPC does stay engaged in this as part of their kind of broader conversation around space needs. So whether or not we approve it and it formally goes to them for approvals or not, I, I would defer to you all as staff on that. But um, it would be helpful for them to just have a conversation around this new space and how it fits into um, that broader conversation around space for Metro. So I just recommend that they review the item, whether or not they formally act on the item for the real estate transaction piece in particular. Chuck did say that at the next TPC meeting that he would present it as an informational item. Great. For the discussion? <coughs> Seeing none on the motion to adopt. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. We've got about 30 minutes left. We also can put in a special meeting for 30 minutes next Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And I don't want to rush us through anything here. So let's just take it in order of importance. And so let me just ask, what would you like to take up next? How about... From if it just if I could just speak only for myself, Mayor, I find the balance of the agenda to be quite non-controversial. Just speaking for myself, so I I think we can very quickly go through these. All right. Uh, so maybe just go in order. Let's go in order then. Four. Yeah. Is there a motion? Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. There is discussion on four. Alderman Revere. Thank you. I'll try to be as brief as I can and respond to my friend uh, Ms. Conkle's comments uh, earlier. Um, the main, I think, bone of contention is using contingent reserve funding of $7,000 for this second year of downtown programming. Uh, I, I guess I'd like to yield to Laura Larson to explain the accounting reason why the resolution states the money is coming from the contingent reserve fund when that was proposed by Laura that we do it in this fashion. I was a little worried it would set off alarm bells. And so, if Laura, you could explain why we're using this, even though it really isn't. Yep. So um, the funding for this resolution was uh, identified last year through the budget process um, as a result of increased uh, as an increased fee structure for a variety of um, downtown uh, related fees, like vending, sidewalk cafe, um, and uh, that the budget assumed um, fifty two thousand uh, from those increases, but we, we realized that there was an additional seven thousand that would be uh, based off of projections that we would realize in 16. So we will see that increased revenue in the general fund, but rather than making increasing the bottom line of the general fund, uh, we will realize that additional revenue uh, from an actuals perspective, um, and then that will be offset by this transfer from contingent reserve. And so really what that does is it avoids um, avoids us being in a situation where uh, the budget is getting amended, um, which 
where we're increasing the bottom line, which can pose some risks uh, from an expenditure restraint perspective. Thank you. So to put it another way, uh, as Laura explained, we uh, actually did this through the operating bu adopted operating budget and then a resolution that was adopted mm -hmm. earlier this year. The operating budget anticipated increased uh, revenue from increased sidewalk cafe license fees and increased food cart license fees. We accomplished that then specifically through resolutions amending the ordinance that sets the exact fees. So the fiscal note for the most recent resolution, which was adopted, I believe, in February, was that, that we would have this additional $7,000 that was not anticipated in the adopted operating budget. So I just want to make that clear to everybody that we're not actually um, taking new monies out of the contingent reserve fund. I think in the old days of us doing it maybe a little less precise, it would just, we would just say it's coming out of the general fund because that's where this increased license revenue has already been deposited through uh, vending fees that, that needed to be um, purchased um, by April 15th, which is the beginning of our licensing year under the ordinance. So that's that. The additional monies, then just to explain further, uh, is in part, I'll fall on my own sword here, and is in part because I double counted some of that money between the different resolutions relating to the vending fees and the adopted operating budget, and I um, informed both city staff working on the downtown programming contract with the business improvement district and the bid that I thought that there was actually another $10,000. So Natalie Erdman, being the wonderful <laughs> help that she always is, uh, was able to find this additional $10,000 within her department budget, 5000 of which is clearly what this is intended to do. That's great placemaking opportunities, so that's obvious. And then the other $5,000 is out of the training budget because uh, Natalie is so busy here in Madison. We haven't, she hasn't been able to go on any conferences that she was scheduled to uh, um, participate in this year. So she, and you can ask her obviously yourself, she's with us tonight. She was, um, um, knows that there's $5,000 in her budget that she won't be able to utilize for conferences um, from a practical standpoint. So that's, that's the funding of this. And I'll just yield there knowing that we're time sensitive tonight and, and see if there's any other questions. I guess a question why we need the extra money. What's it for? Um, would they be settled for what was authorized and then the following year, you know, just realize that gain from the fees? Yeah, so maybe I made another error in assuming that this would be non-controversial and told our, part our partners from the Business Improvement District they didn't need to be here tonight to answer questions. And further, I know Rebecca Kinnear, who's handling this, is doing interviews as we speak, so she couldn't be here uh, either. So, you know, there are folks from the Planning Department that are familiar with the program. Both Natalie and Matt can speak to it. Matt serves as the city's official representative on the bid board. But, in essence, the main change, and I think it's captured in the body of the resolution, Alderperson Rummel, is that they anticipate using um, uh, much more robust programming in a much wider geographic area. So, as I think perhaps um, Brenda Conkle mentioned in her testimony, last year the program was only confined to the very top of State Street, the former Philosopher's Grove area, and the um, uh, Brower Hatcher Amphitheater across the street and adjacent to 30 on the Square Building, the Veterans Museum building this time in our contract, which is a part of this resolution, as it states in the um, third, 
their the third whereas clause is going to extend throughout the entire core downtown area, everything from Library Mall um, toward the west and campus over to uh, Rotary Plaza, which is what we call that area adjacent to the Children's Museum. And then there's even been um, discussion of areas that aren't specifically uh, memorialized in this resolution, like, for example, on King Street, um, in that atrium building on King Street adjacent to the Majestic. Uh, so, so anyway, that's one reason for the, the um, increased fees is because they anticipate much more robust vibrant programming and many more parts of the downtown throughout the summer. I guess I do have a couple questions maybe for staff for Matt. Okay. I'm a poor fill Thank for you. Rebecca Kinnear. No, that's fine. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys being here. I guess my questions are kind of similar to Alder Rummel's around the, I understand the contingent reserve. I appreciate the finding of the fees to help cover the costs of this. That makes perfect sense to me. It's the $10,000 that's making me a bit uncomfortable, particularly because of the fact that there wasn't, doesn't seem to be uh, a clear process or outcomes that are expected out of this. Perhaps there are, um, but we haven't seen them. Uh, so my question is, what would be the impact if we were to decrease this by $10,000 and just um, use the additional 7000 and the budget-appropriated amount, 52 well, I think the real impact would be a scaled-back set of programming. And um, as it was described to me, there had been a robust discussion with the bid about what was going to happen and a set of uh, programs and services um, were described when, when there was the assumption that there was additional money there. Um, and as we looked at it and realized that we didn't have the money there that we thought we had, um, so part of it's taken from the placemaking fund that we have in planning, which is an appropriate um, funding source. And um, so really the increment is, I think, the $5,000 from the director's budget um, that was, um, you know, we discussed it so that we could move forward with the scope of services that had been talked about with the bid previously. Just one follow-up. So do we usually have a process for allocating that placemaking budget? Um, we don't have a process. It tends to be uh, as things become identified. I did have a discussion with our planning staff um, at the last leadership meeting about looking at what we had planned for this year. There's $25,000 in that budget. Five has been committed. The other 20 has not. Um, and to start talking about how, you know, what's, what's on our list of things that might really be useful with that money. Mm-hmm. Further discussion on the question? Alderman Revere. Thank you. I'll just um, kind of emphasize one thing I might have already said, and that is that this, the predicament we're in is, is my responsibility and my fault. So it, just to explain further, we had a whole staff team that had been meeting for the last several months coming up with the scope of services, the actual contract, which we can have Rebecca email to the entire board of estimates or the entire council tomorrow morning. Entire, the entire contract that, that calls out the specific responsibilities and expectations that we have. Um, so we had a large staff team. They had met for um, several months. Deputy Mayors Crowley and Monks were in those meetings. Uh, multiple agencies were represented, including the Parks Division. I see Superintendent Nepp is here. And 
And so literally it was at the final stage of the process where I was convinced we had this amount of money through various resolutions and budgets that Laura kept doing her kind of forensic work trying to figure out what I was talking about. And she's, we finally figured out that I had um, double-counted figures in the operating budget. And so it was literally because it was the 11th hour nature of this. Again, Natalie was generous enough to say, well, I'm not going to use all of my own internal office of director budget for travel and conferences, and so why don't you use this to fill the void? So it's not optimal. It's it's literally because of the timing that we had already, they had literally drawn up the schedules for, for performances throughout the downtown and so forth, and they needed the money um, to, to execute the contract. But there is a multiple-page contract that we can certainly share with all of you that Obviously, it was not in our packet tonight. Last thing I'll just say, I'm sorry, is that the Downtown Coordinating Committee did have this before us last Thursday, and the bid was represented there by Greg Frank and Tiffany Kenny and responded to questions last Thursday at that public meeting about this. And, again, it's also my fault that I told them I didn't think they needed to be here tonight to answer um, their questions. I'm sorry, Natalie. I would just add that I think the Office of the Director funded $5,000 for placemaking in State Street Capital Area last year as oh, well. That's true, yeah. Um, so we do have some history of, of doing that. How much did you say last year? 5000 Further discussion? Alder Witness Rich. I appreciate, um, I appreciate the programming, and I think it's a great idea to expand it up and down State Street. I mean, I think it's very exciting, the work that's being done. I guess my only um, hesitation is, is the, the process point around kind of should we have a, a broader process, particularly around the placemaking budget funds. I understand staff has priorities, and that makes a lot of sense, um, but some sort of standards for how we distribute those would be helpful in the future, and I'm comfortable with us moving forward with this uh, this evening, but it does seem like um, an area where we could strengthen our processes as a city. For the discussion, Alderman Rommel. I guess I really do have a hard time with this, even before um, former Alder Conkle raised the point about, you know, the kind of uneven, seeming uneven standards. So, you know, it just seems to me that if we authorize $52,000, and that's way more than last year. I get how they made contracts, but at some point it just sort of seems presumptuous that they would just get $10,000 when we made an error in our end. And I, I, it's kind of hard for me to accept that. Uh, let me just explain the procedure in this particular instance in terms of what makes a majority for adoption. Um, there has to be three I votes. There has to be three. Keep in mind the chair has the right to vote in two instances. One is in making or breaking a tie, and the other is if the chair's vote will make a difference in terms of passage. Did I get that right? So, further discussion. Seeing none, on the question which is adoption, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. No. Motion carries. Thought that might be Thank you. Thank you. Uh, five, real estate position, FTE. Alderman Brevere, move adoption. Is there a second? Second. There is. Discussion. Uh, 
question or two for Matt unless he wants to make a presentation. Why don't you just tell us? Sure. Just by way of uh, brief background, as identified in the memo that I forwarded to the board on Friday, which is also uh, in Legistar for this item, uh, Office of Real Estate Services uh, is seeing a, a significant increase in the number of projects that it's responsible for managing. Uh, we're going to see likely 428 projects this year. Uh, at the same time, uh, we in recent years have seen the retirement of some of our most senior staff. Uh, so we have a real need uh, for some additional uh, staffing support uh, in terms of real estate agents to complete real estate agent-related work. So that's purchasing property for city projects, that's managing easement and encroachment agreements, and managing city leases. Uh, at the same time, um, I've identified that uh, based on uh, some of those retirements that we've seen and that uh, we uh, will see uh, in the first quarter of 2017, that based on the savings in longevity pay, uh, that we would likely be able to support a new real estate agent uh, without uh, increasing the overall personnel budget for the Economic Development Division. Now, I fully recognize that those funds are not the economic development divisions alone, um, and certainly over time, um, as longevity of other individuals increase, uh, that will that savings will diminish. Uh, but it was an opportunity uh, that uh, to identify a need and, and match it with a, a situation where we would not be increasing the overall personnel budget in the short run uh, within the division. Thank you. Questions, discussion. Alderman Rivera, then Alderman Rowe. Thank you. Uh, first, thank you for your memo. It helped a lot because, of course, the HR memo wasn't all that helpful. <laughs> I don't want to say, of course, but it's you know it's only a paragraph for so long, so I don't mean to malign HR or, or the author. Um, but this was very persuasive, your memo. So thank you. It was very helpful, uh, especially the, the argument that you're that you're making most recently, Matt, which is that the longevity pay savings um, 2017 and, and beyond will will cover this position. Mm -hmm. Creative and, and, again, I think persuasive. My, my first question, or maybe actually my only question at this juncture, would be, indeed, how much of, uh, of the need immediately is because of the uh, institutional memory that has left us in the last many months and then additionally, as most of us know, you also have had um, uh, valued employee on medical leave mm -hmm. um, for, for quite some time. And so I'm wondering, you don't I think you mentioned the medical leave in the memo. At least I don't remember reading it. And I read it the other day. But how much do those have to do with your immediate needs? I, I think it's a, a combination. Uh, one, uh, just on a, a number of project basis, we have several large, especially road construction projects on the west side that have tipped up the total number of projects that the real estate agents uh, need to complete. Um, Coupled with that is the fact that, you know, we have had our two most senior real estate agents uh, retire uh, this past year, um, which does uh, create some extra work for the remaining real estate agents because they just don't have the same institutional knowledge. And, and as you referenced, uh, we did have a real estate agent um, that was on long-term medical leave. Um, uh, that agent is back uh, with the city uh, at the moment, so which is a, a great thing. Uh, but when you do combine all the factors together, it, it creates for, for a need for some additional support. 
So it wasn't just a temporary, you would argue that it wasn't a temporary blip in the number of public works projects and and the fact that you had a number of retirements and vacancies that weren't filled I, and I guess still haven't been completely filled. I, I don't believe it is because likely what's going to happen is when we bring on the new manager of the Office of Real Estate Services, uh, so we did go out and recruit for that position last year and we interviewed for the position and we weren't able to identify an individual for that position. Um, we're going to post it again and, and, and we, we will find a, a manager for that role. But I believe what's going to happen over time is that we're going to bring in likely a new manager that will likely be new to the city. And some of the work uh, that, that Don Marks uh, was completing uh, will need to be kind of pushed down to some of the real estate agents so that that manager can focus more on some higher level uh, projects and, and management work. So even though certainly it'll be better for the office to have a manager in place, I think there's still going to be a need because over time I don't see the amount of total projects decreasing. They may not always be 428 every year, uh, but there just seems to be an increase in demand for real estate-related work. And with that new manager needing some time to ramp up, I see that this need for that new agent is going to be there long term. And then I guess one last thing, and the reason why maybe we're peppering you so many questions is this is kind of a, a difficult ask mm -hmm. mid-year, and Superintendent Knapp, as I referenced this here before, and as you might know, we declined a somewhat similar request at our last meeting mm -hmm. for the Parks Division. The, the last question I, I have is, I and probably my colleagues as well, our, several of our contacts with the real estate office over the last year have actually been through an intern, mm -hmm. been an, in, an intern, you know, uh, sending draft resolutions to us asking for our sponsorship. How would your use of interns change or, uh, if whether we approve this or not? Do you still have interns working in that office and, and doing the work that at least I've observed they've been doing for some time? Um, in, in the short run, we, we likely would not. So the, the reason that we've been able to have um, that intern is because we've had significant salary savings because of the vacant manager position. So we were able to, to pay for an intern. Once we get fully staffed, we, we won't have the additional staff capacity for an intern. One of the challenges, though, with an intern is that we're limited to the number of hours that an intern can work in a given calendar year before they click into to full-time status. So although I agree, I mean, we have an exceptional intern at the moment, um, I think she's she would be an exception to the rule in terms of, of what we could expect from interns moving forward. And once we're fully staffed up, then then we won't have that additional uh, capacity to bring on an intern. Thank you. Thank you. Laura Rommel. Quickly, uh, I, I do support this, and thank you for responding to my questions from um, yesterday. I didn't really able to really look at the org chart, but could you t tell us about some of the vacancies because the, this didn't really, and your memo didn't kind of hinted at it, not really explaining. Sure, um, I can just and I'll I'll distribute um, a copy of our our org chart to everyone. Um, and just run through kind of where things stand uh, within the entire division today. So we have two offices within the division, real estate services and business resources, and then we have two uh, administrative support positions. Our part-time clerk typist uh, was recently promoted to a full-time position within the, 
department. Uh, so that position is vacant, and we plan on, on filling that position. Uh, within uh, real estate, at the moment, uh, the only vacancy is the manager position. Again, we posted that last year, and we'll uh, repost that this year uh, to bring on a manager. Uh, within business resources, we have a vacant manager position. Uh, we actually had interviews last week, and uh, we'll be continuing that interview process and then filling that position in the near term. Uh, we currently have a vacant economic development coordinator position. This was the position filled by Peggy Essa that I, I know many of you knew. Um, uh, we will uh, want to fill that position. I'll likely be before the personnel board, though, to make some suggested changes uh, with that position as we move forward. And then uh, our street vending coordinator, Warren Hansen, will be retiring during the first quarter of next year. And so we'll be filling that position. Okay. Further discussion? I'm not, not much with, with this position, but sort of a general, like if every time um, a position comes to the Board of Estimates and sometimes the board approves it and sometimes they don't, it feels really awkward to me and if there's some way that between the mayor and um, Mr. Schmidicki we could have some sense of what we could expect and so we could sort of prioritize or say no or say yes or whatever we will say because you know I voted for the last one but most of you didn't and I assume this is a different situation and probably everyone is a different situation but I would like a general report back thank you thank you Further discussion? Seeing none on the question, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you. Uh, we didn't have a motion. I didn't include 10 in that general motion. We have a motion to adopt item 10. So moved. Is there a second? Second. Again, to explain 10, uh, we don't know if we're going to get the grant, but we want to be prepared if we do. On the question, all those discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We've got uh, two minutes left. That's not enough time to do item 11. So before we adjourn, okay. right? okay. I'd rather not come back again. She'll stay. Okay. Thank you. I'm done. You on item 11. So moved. Yeah. Oh, 12, I mean. 12, so moved. So moved. Second. Second. Uh, come on down and tell us what's, what's going on here with, with item well, you have the report in front of you. I'm happy to answer any other questions. Questions? Been updated. Questions? Going once, going twice. Otherwise, I don't, really have, questions. I don't have questions. I know more than, than average. But it will just be, I know they will be at EDC on Wednesday. And I have been getting a lot of calls from other people who are wondering what's going on, so it's good something's going on. Good. Thank you. So a motion is and a second to accept the report for the discussion. So you want to thank Dan for the memo. It's very helpful. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. We finish the agenda, but we have one little announcement before we adjourn. Thank you, Mayor. I'd just like to take a moment to um, thank and wish well uh, Emma Schumann, who's been our uh, budget analyst intern. Uh, she's done a phenomenal job for us. And... Uh, uh, was really instrumental in getting us through the 2016 budget. And uh, Emma is uh, moving on to the Legislative Fiscal Bureau, and um, so uh, we'll obviously do a great job there. So just wanted to say thank you to Emma for all the work she's done. Thank you. Thank you, Emma. Alderman Revere? 
Thank you, Emma. I move to adjourn. There's a second. There is. Alderman Eskridge, thank you very much. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We're out of here. Thank you. Thank you.